Good morning, Real Life Church. Good morning. We haven't met yet. My name's Melanie, and I'm married to Stuart and one of the leaders here in Real Life Church. And it is my absolute pleasure and privilege to speak to you this morning. What I'm trying to work out, I've already asked the guys, is if I come up and down the stairs, is it going to squeal like crazy? So I'm just going to have a quick practice. For those of you listening online, I'm just simply walking up and down some stairs. It doesn't squeal. It will. Partway through my preaching, the bit that I really want to hammer home it's going to squeal like mad, and you're all going to flinch and be like, ah! Um, so this morning, I want to talk about the stairway. And I don't know what the stairs are like in your home. It struck me this morning, if you live in a bungalow, most of what I'm about to say is not going to make any sense to you. So sorry, if you live in a bungalow, um, please excuse the story I'm about to tell. I don't know what it's like in your home, and I feel like the stairs divide us in our home. I feel like in our home, and it might be the same in yours, I don't know, let's see. We'll see if anyone's talking to each other by the end of this. So I think there are two kinds of people in this life. I think there are people who leave things on the stairs in the vain hope that someone else will notice them and take them upstairs. So we're going to call those people, people A, or correct, or right, or whatever you like. We're going to call those people, people A. And then I think there's another kind of person. And we're going to call these people B. And you'll know these people because they walk up the stairs muttering, oh my gosh, is someone trying to kill me? Why are they leaving stuff on the stairs? Muttering all the way, treading over the things on the stairs getting to the top and then doing the same again on the way down and on the way up and on the way down and on the way up, while person A is thinking, why does no one clear the stuff off the stairs? Person B is thinking, why are you out to get me? Are you trying to make me fall down the stairs? So I don't know whether you can identify with that at all. I wonder how many can identify with person A? Dare to lift your hands. Oh, yeah. Person B? Stuart Crane, I've heard you muttering, why are you trying to kill me? So um, your hand, come on, let's see it. Yes, please. So person A, person B. Um, and I think kids fall into a similar category as well, except they don't yell, why are you trying to kill me? They view it as parkour, and they kind of like scoot around it, roll over it step on it, whatever happens. Um, there is loads of junk that gets accumulated on our stairway. And I want to talk about Jesus, uh, who is the stairway, and I want to talk about the junk that is accumulating on our stairway. Uh, I read my Bible every day. I don't say that to brag. I do read my Bible every day, partly because I know that I'd be shocking without the truth of God in my life. So I read it every day because I feel like there is no other option for me because actually I know exactly who I am and what I'm like and I know that I'm better with Jesus. So I view it a little bit like brushing my teeth, which I make sure I do every day twice a day because it's just, you know, good practice and getting dressed because equally that is good practice too. So I view it a little bit like that. 
I get dressed every day because actually that is good practice and better for the people around me. And I brush my teeth every day for my teeth's sake, but also everybody else around me. I read my Bible every day for my sake and for the people around me. And every so often I stumble on new ways of doing it. And recently I've been reading through the book of John and I've been reading a chapter a day and I felt when I started it, I just felt God say to me, all I want you to do is pick one verse out every day that you love. Can only be one verse, but one verse. So I was like, sounds reasonable. I can do that. So just one chapter a day, pull out a verse that I really like. Did that, read the whole of John. And then I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, that one verse, I want you to go back to it one day, every day. So I want you to take one verse at a time and go back through them. And I found this little thing on my Bible app where you can compare versions, so you can compare translations. I'm new to that. Little button that said compare. I thought, what does that do? And then you can pick a load of different versions of the Bible and read it in five different versions. So I thought, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to read the one verse that's jumped out of the one chapter on Monday, and I'll read it in four different versions. So I read it in the NLT, which is my preferred, New Living, the ESV, which is Stuart's preferred, the Message, which is no one's preferred in our house, but I read it anyway, uh, the King James, the New King James, the Amplified, which is really fun, like that's a lot of words in the Amplified, um, and I think something like the New American Standard Version or something like that. So I read a few different versions to see what jumps out. And this verse, when I read through John 1, was the one that jumped out for me. And I don't know what you're like when you read the Bible, but sometimes I read the Bible and I feel like I've never seen a verse before. Now I've read, because John, I love John's Gospel, I've read it so many times, but on this read-through, this particular verse really captured my heart. I don't know whether you can identify with that, wave at me if you can identify with sometimes reading the Bible and something jumps out that you feel like, where has that been hiding? It's why I think it's such a special book, because every time you read it, it's bits of it jump out like it's the first time you've read it. So you can turn if you want. This is the only verse you're going to get today because it's what this sermon is all about. It says this, then he said, it's, one, it's John 1, 51. I'll give you a moment to turn there if you want to, if you're old school and you've got your Bible with you or to just find it on the Bible app with one click or you can listen to me read it. Then he said, I tell you the truth, this is Jesus speaking, you will see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And the bit I really want to zone in on is the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. So if you remember nothing from this morning, remember my stairs, remember me going up and down them, remember that Jesus is the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. I want to pull out just a few things. The way that I work with 
speaking on Sundays is I just pull out a few things that I observe that I see. You might look at that verse and pull out something completely different. That's fine. What I've seen and what I've pulled out is what I want to share with you. And I believe it's what God wants to speak to you about this morning. So firstly, he tells the truth. Therefore, we should read it every day. So Jesus himself is called the Word, which means he embodies the scriptures. He embodies everything that is true. So if he says something is right, it is right. If he says it's wrong, it's wrong. And that is for every culture, every time, every people group, every year, every day. There is never a point where his words are not relevant and are not real and are not true. What we have to do is work out how on earth do we work that on the earth today. We don't alter his words. We listen to them. We follow them. We obey them. We submit ourselves under them. The Bible is always above me. The truth is always something that I'm living for and living with. It's something I have to work out how to work out in my daily life and in the culture I'm a part of and in the time I'm a part of. I don't adapt it, chop it up, bend it, make it fit. It already works. I have to work out how to work with it. And I think when we view our Bible like that, when we view the Word of God like that, we can do nothing but read it. Because my goodness, we've got a job to do to work out how some of it works. I don't know what it is I do when I do that. I, oh, it's there. All right, then. I will not. It's my hair, I think. Stuart did suggest I shaved my head, which I just think is a little extreme for preaching, but it might have to go down that road. So I think where, whatever it is you need to do, we need to work out how to read the truth daily, how to sing it, how to get it into our very being, get it into our diets, get it into our souls. We need to work out how to get the truth of God to affect the way we live and affect the places that we are. Sorry, I think it is my bit of the book here. If I perhaps if I do that, is that better? I'll try that. If that isn't better, I will shave my head. <laughs> if you, now, now everyone wants me to shave my head now, don't you? Yeah, I know, I know. Stupid thing to say. I process out loud. You'll have to forgive me for that. So we need to feed our souls because we are what we eat. What we consume, what we take on board is lived out. Like physically in our bodies, what we consume is lived out. But spiritually, emotionally, what we feed on is what we're like. It's also what we give away to others. So what I feed on feeds the people around me. So if I feed daily on social media for 20 minutes a day, let's be conservative about it, and if I feed five minutes a day on the Bible, let's think about what I'm feeding others with. Let's think about what I'm feeding myself with. If I eat mainly Haribo, that is going to come out in my behavior, in my being. If I have a mixed diet, if I make sure I've got lots of protein, lots of fruit, lots of veg, whatever I eat affects what I'm like. I'm suggesting that if we are not drawing on truth, 
then we are living by some other truth. We are feeding people. We are feeding ourselves with something else. I'm suggesting that if we don't get this sorted in our lives, it is bad for us physically, but bad for the people around us too. So I want to flag up to you, if you are struggling to read your word, do not sit there thinking, oh, well, I struggle with that. Okay. Think to yourself, I struggle with that. Let's get some help. I struggle to read it. I struggle to get it in. I recognize that it affects my life and affects the people around me. Therefore, I'm going to get some help with that. It's exactly what I would do if food was an issue or if I didn't drink enough fluids or I wasn't getting enough sleep or I I would work out how to get some help. It's exactly the same with the truth. I will unashamedly flag up that tonight we're looking at the Bible in real life school. If you haven't booked in with that yet and you struggle to read your Bible, come on, get booked in. Get yourself some help. Get yourself in a place where other people are reading it, other people are working out how to do it and say, help me please, help me do this. When Jesus says, I tell you the truth, we need to listen up. We need to think that's what I want in my life. That's what I want for the world around me. That's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for my brand new marriage. Just saying, Mark, right? That's what I want for my workplace. I want to inhabit the truth and I want it to come with me. I want to recognize this stairway. I'm now a stairway. I want to bring something of the kingdom and what the kingdom ultimately stands for is truth. Jesus was regularly saying, I tell you the truth. I'm the way, the truth and the life. The spirit, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, bringing revelation all about Jesus. Everything about God is true. Therefore, we should be a people of truth. If you haven't booked into real life school yet, eight o'clock tonight, you really should. If it is something you battle with, if it is something that you think, I want to go deeper on, I want to know him more, I want to inhabit the truth and I want the truth to inhabit me and spill out into the places where I live, you should go for something like that. Believe me when I say that there is stacks of lies being spouted everywhere. If we do not know the truth and we don't stand firm in the truth, we will begin to live on a diet of lies and we will begin to inhabit that and we will begin to share that. So if I am constantly living in a world that is all about comparison, whereas God says you're unique... So if I'm living in a world which is constantly, they've got this, they've got that, I will start to inhabit that. If I hear that everywhere, I will start to live in that. And I will start to behave like that. And I will begin to join in with the lie that we're comparable when we're not. We're uniquely made by God, therefore you do not compare to anybody We have things within us that God has placed deep within our souls that are purely for us because he knows us by name and created us for a purpose. Therefore, I don't compare to anyone. And if we start living with his truth in us, it radically affects the way we live on the earth. The next bit I want to say is what this verse tells us is that heaven is open. 
which means the doorway that was closed, the thing that was off limits is now open. And it's open through the person of Jesus Christ, which means if I can see it in heaven, through him I can access it on the earth, which quite frankly is just mind-blowing. It means that our ordinary everyday lives are no longer ordinary everyday lives. It means that what I have access to is extraordinary. What I have access to is supernatural. What I have access to is so powerful, so beautiful, so incredible, and it's what the earth should look like. It restores things. It puts things right. It's, it's amazing. When I look at heaven, when I look at the new heaven, the new earth, what it should be like, I know in my very being it's what it should be like here. We know it, don't we, when someone's sick around us, when someone dies around us. There's something in us that says, no, that isn't what it should be like. It's why death always feels so wrong to us. Because there's no death in heaven, there's no pain in heaven, there's no suffering in heaven. It's beautiful and we grieve it, don't we? We can't box it up, we can't sort it out. When someone dies young, when someone's sick, when someone's suffering, we look at it and something in our spirit goes, no. That's because heaven's open. That's because there is something of heaven that is supposed to invade earth. That's because there's supposed to be a flowing of backwards and forwards of things that are up here that belong down here. Things that God so wants to bring on the earth and show on the earth because ultimately it's what it's going to look like in the new heaven and the new earth. And he's always wanting to bring it, show us. He's always wanting those things to journey from up here down there. Heaven is full of joy Heaven is full of the Holy Spirit. Heaven is full of truth. Heaven is full of goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Heaven is full of love, justice, mercy. It's why when we feel, when we see the needs of the poor, something in our heart goes, no, it should do. When we prayed about Beirut recently, and, and I've just felt devastated by their inflation rates that are literally wiping people out. 250% inflation rate that you think, how does anyone survive that? It's why when we look at Ukraine or Russia and we just think, no, there is something in our spirit that longs for heaven to be on earth. It's like we're living in a land that isn't quite what we were made for and we know it. The Son of Man is the stairway between heaven and earth. The Son of Man is perfectly God and perfectly man. That title, Son of Man, that is used in John's Gospel, is used loads in the Old Testament to kind of sum up humanity. And then when it's used as a title for Jesus, he is basically saying of himself, I am fully man and I am fully God in one being. I literally stand as a stairway between heaven and earth, perfectly representing both. Perfectly representing God, perfectly representing man. When he describes himself as a stairway, it's such a brilliant picture because he literally stands one foot up here 
in heaven, fully God. Nothing about him has given away half of that, so he can be half man, half God, fully God, and then one foot on earth, fully man. He perfectly bridges that gap, which means that when I give my life to Jesus, I come by that stairway and that stairway alone. There are multiple stairways into heaven. There's one. It's called Jesus Christ. It's called the Son of Man. Because he can perfectly stand in both places at one time, paying for the sins of earth, bringing the justice of heaven. He perfectly bridges that gap. He perfectly stands in my place for all my wrongs so I can make that journey. It's an absolutely beautiful picture for us that doesn't just mean that heaven comes down. It means I can go up. It means that one day at the end of my life, I make that journey into the new heaven and the new earth. And when God says to me, how did you get here? I say, oh, I came by the stairway that is Jesus Christ. And he says, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's the only way we get to be right with God. We come by the Son of Man or we don't come at all. We come by this stairway or we don't come at all. We access all of heaven's riches and goodness and the very presence of God by the person of God. We come through Jesus Christ. And when he calls himself the Son of Man, he is identifying with us. He's saying, I'm like you. I know what it's like to be human. I know what it's like to be fully human. And he is making a way for us. He's a beautiful saviour. And if all you ever did with the rest of your life was worship him, that would be well spent. He's a beautiful saviour who perfectly knows what it's like to struggle, to suffer and yet manage to resist all temptation, which means he's a stairway for us to live better. He's a stairway for us to live right. It means that we can access things through him that we could not do on our own. And he pays for all my sin. So it means I don't even need to work hard. It means what I need to do is look at him and trust him him for that access, for that place, for that position. I need to come by him, through him. I need to say sorry for all of my sin, but accept that actually this is the way I'm walking because he's opened up that way. He's made that possible. And it means that if I am in him, so I would describe myself as someone who is in Christ, so I've been saved, I am in Christ. Therefore, if I am in him, I am also a stairway between heaven and earth, which means I can, in my life, stand in both places. It means that I can have one foot and my heart and my eyes in heaven and I can have my feet firmly planted on earth. It means that when I pray, I am accessing heaven. It means that when I ask for healing, provision, salvation, when I ask for grace and peace and strength, 
I'm standing with one foot in heaven and the other on earth. It means that when I'm in my places where I stand, I'm bringing something of heaven where I am. So when I'm kind, when I show joy, when I show justice, when I show mercy, when I am basically being a stairway for heaven to touch down on earth. I am behaving like Jesus, which is what it means to be a disciple. It means that I am a little Christ. I am like him on the earth, or I try to be like him on the earth. It means that when I worship and when I speak and when I'm accessing heaven, I've got one foot there because he is a stairway, but I am a stairway too. It means that whatever he accesses and drew on when he was on the earth, I also can. So the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. That isn't just a song we sing. That is, that is this. That is the stairway that goes between heaven and earth that I access through Christ lives in me. That same power, that same access is what I have available. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel like that. Sometimes I can feel like heaven's a long way off or what, what is in God feels out of reach. But actually what this verse says is, in Christ, it's a stairway. Between heaven and earth that has been opened, which means that the angelic visions, justice, mercy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control all can exist on the earth now. All can exist in my home and where I am and what I do. It's absolutely mind-blowing. It's outrageous. When I was prepping this, I just thought, yet again, a million more reasons to worship him as king, to worship him as my saviour and my friend, a million more reasons to take seriously what he says is true and to live it out on the earth, a million more reasons to channel his love and his acceptance and his faith in my workplace, on the playground, in my home, on my street, wherever I am. A million more reasons. And this is what I'm going to kind of finish up with, really. Um, and when I say finish up, you know what a Melanie finish up really looks like. It's about 20 minutes. So when I say finish up, don't think, oh, great, five minutes, awesome doesn't really work like that, same as I'm not going to shave my head. Um, what it's like in our lives is the stairway that exists between man and God can accumulate junk. And it does it in my home on a daily basis. I don't know how many times I've cleared the stairs of junk, but by the very next day there is a pile there again that I'm trying to get upstairs. Stuart thinks I'm trying to um, harm him. So, you know, there is an accumulation of junk on the stairs every day. It is the same for us spiritually. Every day, unless you are very, very special as a human being, there will be junk on your stairs that needs to be cleared. Some of the junk will have lived there for way too long. You know, some things sit on the stairs that feel like that has become their home now. They now live on the stairs. They're not making a journey upstairs at all. They've now become like a little, I don't know, 
ornament or something. They've made a pile and they're so stable that they're now an altar on the stairs and they're permanent. And it can be like that in our own lives. It can be like that. We can have junk on the stairs that accumulates daily that we just need to deal with. And I remember once sitting, chatting um, with Sarah, and she said a practice that she does at the end of her day, or most days, she'll just clear out the people she needs to forgive. And I remember listening to it and thinking, now that is brilliant. I'm going to start doing that. So I make a daily habit of just clearing my stairs of offence that I've taken from what people have done because they're just human. So it's not the stuff that I need to talk to people about. It's the stuff that literally I've taken offence at or was thoughtless or careless or I need to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I name them before God and I say, I choose to forgive that person for being thoughtless. I ask you to bless them, look after them, and I pass that over to you now. And I've made that a daily habit since I heard about it because I just thought it's good for me. And the other person has no clue that I'm walking around annoyed with them anyway. So really, it's just good for me. And it's good for me to clear the junk. And so I want to suggest that that you do things like that in order to keep that stairway open, that you just make a habit of daily just forgiving people. I listened to someone recently who said, I do not let offence take a seat at my table. I don't even let it sit down. And I thought, I love that. So if you are a person who is easily offended or people offend you regularly or you've got a big long list of things you need to talk to people about because you're so offended, you're so offended, I would say get that to God daily. Recognize it, look at it and say, no, I'm not going to let offense sit on my stairs so that I walk past it every day and go, ugh, there it is again. Someone else not doing what I think they should do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get it up to heaven and I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to get it to God and I'm going to say, please, can you help me deal with this? And I'm going to refuse it a place on the stairs. I'm going to say, no, that goes. There'll be other things that sit there for a long time, like disappointment. That'll sit there for a long time. And it can take up permanent residence and it can make a difference between your access to God and you accessing the things of God. Disappointment's a real killer. Unforgiveness is a real killer. It literally will on your stairs trip you over. And I would say these are the kinds of things that we need to be getting some help with and asking people. So this is what I would do if there was disappointment, unforgiveness in my life is I would sit with it with God for a while and I would talk to him about it. And I would say, I, generally I write it down because I find it helpful to process like that. And I would tell God about my disappointment, my unforgiveness, my bitterness, my rage. I'm a rager. It's loud. I don't really get like quiet and disappointed. I get angry and mad. And so I'm a rager, so I will get my rage before God. Sometimes me and God can just sort it out. So sometimes that works. Sometimes I need a little bit of extra help in the mix for accountability and praying with and a little bit more access to God. I need a little bit more help with it. So I will do that on my own with God and I will try and sort it out. 
And then if I know that it's not dealt with, if I know that I'm still carrying it around, if I recognize it on my stairs and I walk past it over and over, I will get some help. And I'll ask someone I trust who loves Jesus like I love Jesus. And I will ask a few people to meet with me, listen to me, share it and pray with me. And I will do that practice regularly. I'm, I'm going to sit down soon and work through some stuff that's come up recently for me. Just some things that, that are, are going on in my heart that need a little bit of extra help. Um, I'll do it when I'm walking and talking with someone. I'll do it of an evening and just sit down and say, look, this is my junk on my stairs. Will you have a look at it? It's not very pretty and it does look like it's going to trip me up. Would you help me with it? And I will share it. And then I will ask for prayer. I, I do that with lots of people. So lots of people will say to me, I could do with a bit of extra help on this. I would help out with stuff like that. I would say if you have noticed things on your stairs that are tripping you up, get some help. It might be that you need a bit of counselling. We've had a few people recently go for some bits of counselling, bits of trauma counselling, bits of general counselling, some CBT, some things that just help shift things or talk about things. What they're basically saying is, this junk on my stairs, I do not want it tripping me up anymore and I'm sick of walking past it. I'm sick of seeing it there. I just don't want to have that junk on my stairs anymore. And I always cheer when I hear people going for stuff like that because I think, yes, what they're saying to God is, no more with the junk. Let's get it out the way and let's create that flow where God can just go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And I can go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. All we're doing is clearing the stairs we need to get in the habit of surrendering our mess, acknowledging our mess, recognising it. Just saying, I know what that is. I know where it should go and I want to get it dealt with. And when we're quicker as a people doing that, all we do is just create flow. We just create this, this ability for God to go backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards more and more. I think whenever there's been unforgiveness in my life, bitterness, whenever there's been the rage... All I do is I create this blockage. I do create a, a place where it, it looks like I'm going to fall down the stairs or I'm going to fall up it, whichever way round. When I surrender it to God, when I hand it over, it amazes me every time how graceful he is in dealing with it, how able he is to deal with it. Why that should surprise me, I do not know. And how freeing it is to clear your stairs how freeing it is to be able to walk up and down without the trip hazards. How freeing it is to be able to access God so easily, so ably. How freeing it is to be able to share that with others. Because when, I am, when, when I've got the rage, what I then share with others comes through that. And I'm not naive enough to believe that I can compartmentalize that and be very kind over here when I'm raging over here. What I know is when I speak over here, this is coming through all the time. It's why I'm careful when I'm in a ragey place. I'm careful when someone asks me their, my opinion on something or because I think, oh no, you do not want my opinion mixed with the rage. You want my rage dealt with and then you want my opinion. So I'm careful. Sometimes 
I don't share it because I think, nah, I want to get this sorted out with God. It's why God says when you come to me and worship and you've got a disagreement with someone, sort it out, then worship me. Because we clear this. We clear the stairway. So I want to encourage you, Real Life Church, that heaven is open. That Jesus is the truth and we should access the truth. If you have not sorted out reading your Bibles, you really want to get that sorted out. I would call that step one before you go any further. You really want to get out again into the truth, understanding the truth and allowing the truth to set you free. You really want to walk around in a world that is so noisy with lies, with the truth of God alive and active. I actually think if you are a Christian going out without reading your Bible, you are effectively going out without your clothes on. And quite frankly, nobody wants that. As, as lovely as you all are, what we need is men and women of God that clothe themselves in the truth and walk out into a place that is full of conflicting, wild and quite frankly ridiculous ideas. We want men and women that stand in those places knowing the truth, having the truth setting them free and then allowing everybody else to access it. So I remember chatting to a mummy once on the playground who was in the process of separating from her husband. And as she shared the story with me, I because I don't know how else to be, I, I said, oh my gosh, that gives my heart pain. And, and she looked a little startled. And I just said, whenever marriage breaks down, there is something in my heart that hurts. And I... All I said to her is, have you tried everything you can to fight for that thing? And, and she said, what do you mean? And so I said, have you had counselling? And I went through a list of things that I would do if it was mine. She, we were walking back up to the car park and she said to me, do you know, you're the only person who has suggested I fight for it. Oh, why is that? Because actually what we live with in the world is full of lies and rotten truth. What I live with in my heart is the truth of God. Therefore, when I'm eating it, when I'm taking it in, I can then share it. I become a stairway so the truth flows. So I say this for the sake of the people around you, read your word, but for your sake, read it. And if it causes you to stumble if you're struggling, if it's junk on your stairs, if it's become a blockage, let us help you. Let us sort that out with you. And understand that Jesus is the stairway. Use, use that knowledge of him to worship him. Use that knowledge to go deeper with him, to love him more. These last two weeks prepping this, I have loved him more because I have known him more. I, I found myself at various points just putting everything down and going, I just want to worship you. I just want to worship you. I just want to love you more because I know you more. He's a beautiful saviour. And what he offers in terms of access is incredible. He gives us access to it all. I mean, like, oh, it's outrageous. What we need to do is 
learn about him, read about him, engage with him, understand him more. And we must clear the junk. We must work out what sits on my stairs that just shouldn't be there. What exists for me? And I want you to think about that right now. What do you know that gets piled up on your stairs? And if you're anything like me, it'll be the same stuff every time. Because my stairs, this stuff here, is the stuff that sits on my stairs. It'll be the boys' tablets, the boys' crazy amount of teddies, loads of my clothes, because, you know, and washing, sunglasses, because I love sunglasses, uh, loads of books, shoes. It'll just be all the junk that needs to go upstairs. It doesn't need to live on the stairs. It shouldn't live on the stairs. It is going to trip someone over, probably Stuart. And, but, but it just shouldn't be there. The stairs are the thing that give me access to what's going on upstairs. Stuart's right. Nothing should live there. Stuart's right. <laughs> Nothing should live there. Nothing should live there. We shouldn't get a basket in the shape of a stair so that we can put stuff in it. We should just clear the stairs. That's my idea. Um, we should just clear the stairs because all this stuff does is trip us up and get in the way. We should, as the people of God, daily clear our stairs of stuff. And then if there is stuff that is stubborn that will not shift and needs some help, we should be the first getting the help. We should be the first seeking counsel, getting prayer, sorting it out, going after the roots, going after the nasty stuff, wheedling it out and kicking it out. And my goodness, it's amazing when the stairs are clear. It gives us incredible access. It helps us to see God more clearly, to see ourselves more clearly. It helps us to engage heaven and bring it wherever we are. And recognising for me that there'll be stuff on my stairs every day that I need to deal with. We're not going for perfection because we've got that in Christ. What we're going for is we want to be those who are learning and growing and being more like him. And he's got a clear way between heaven and earth. He stands as the son of man, one foot in both places. He's absolutely perfect in every way. We come through him, but we deal with our junk too. So I want to stir you, men and women of real life, to read your Bibles, fall more in love with Jesus, and deal with the junk that's on the stairs. Deal with it for your sake and deal with it for the people that exist around us. Worship team, would you like to come up the stairs? And try not to trip over anything, please, because I've left a lot of my junk on it. Excellent. Oh, he's a brave man. Look at him go. Oh, oh. Let's stand. We're going to worship him in your life groups this week. I'm going to put out a bunch of stuff that you can talk about on how you clear the junk from your stairs. I'm going to encourage you as life groups to look at it together. Share your ideas of how you do it talk to one another and say, actually, I've got a bit of junk I want some help with, and then help one another. If you need more help than your life group leader can offer you, you have got overseers, and your overseer has an overseer. So we've got a really nice network of support here where you can access different levels of help. We've got access to counselling. We've got access to all kinds of things that will help you clear the junk from your stairs. But for now, we're just going to worship him.
because he is the stairway between heaven and earth. Amen.